0: well here we are another edition of your sports fix with the sports pulse i'm devin ashby here with you to talk about the latest week in sports and i gotta tell y'all this this stretch of games that we got coming up whether it's the nfl and especially in college football as their season winds down is going to really be great you know but we i guess we, we can start in the nfl first and the Washington football team rattled off yet another impressive victory, at least for the defensive side of the ball. You know, this defense had earlier in the season come under a lot of fire and scrutiny because it just felt like the, just all the stuff we were hearing, they just didn't feel like they were living up to it in terms of just being this defense that was supposed to carry the team and supposed to do things. And they, they you had this new coordinator in here in Del Rio who – had come with all this experience and yet their defense through the first let's say 6 or 7 weeks of the year was just even though statistically it was strange because if you looked on paper it's like yo they had the number one pass defense but then you look at the eye test and it's like yo they're giving up big plays every week they were giving up 30 points seemingly every week and on top of everything they were one and five you know so add all that together and then there were people who were even going as far as to call trade uh, Chase Young a bust and overrated and all this other ridiculousness but you know over the last several weeks since then they've rattled off a couple of impressive wins most notably obviously the one a couple weeks ago against Pittsburgh but once again against the 49ers they balled out you know you score they they won the game 23 15 both of their touchdowns coming courtesy of the defense and yet another weekend in which they did not give up a second half touchdown for like the fourth or fifth straight game or something like like some crazy number of games where the, the most points they've given up in the second half over like the last five weeks has been seven points they haven't budged and this defense continues to get better chase young and montez sweat are a menace to society (laughs) you know like the two of them and chase young especially has been like obviously we don't talk enough about montez sweat because chase is getting all the attention on the other side sweat literally wrecked an entire drive by himself a crucial drive at that early like late in the game and i believe in the fourth quarter when they were um When it looked like the 49ers were driving and were trying to either tie the game up or, you know, put themselves in position and do whatever. Sweat forced the holding penalty and then on the fourth down, he forced an errant throw by the quarterback Nick Mullins that was caught, but well short of the sticks. Like, you know, Sweat single-handedly won the game on the final drive. Chase Young did all the dirty work in the middle. Like, he... I think he forced the fumble he had a sack he had a pass deflection he recovered a fumble obviously that he returned for a touchdown that was you know the big play of the week this dude is unbelievable and he's just running away with this defensive player of the year trophy like it's it's not even close at this point between him and whoever the second third people are so i mean this dude has been as advertised and it's ridiculous and shameful that the words bust were even used to mention him at any point this year you know I saw it floating around on like social media mostly but yeah it just it's crazy to think that people were saying that a couple weeks ago after that Lions game when he had that bad penalty which everybody has at some point you know it wasn't nothing ridiculous that he did but yeah I mean the point is this defense has picked up the slack a lot of the time for this offense and the offense, hopefully, as they continue to find themselves and figure out things, especially at the quarterback position, you know, the defense is going to continue to carry the slack for them. But you look at you look at the offense, and they're hurting right now. You know, um, Alex Smith is dealing with some injuries, and you know we're seeing looks like Dwayne Haskins is prime to get another chance to prove that he can be a franchise quarterback and i mean it could potentially be the last chance he gets we don't know but he's up again and then obviously gibson's been hurt you know but they 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 got some things to figure out but this defense is going to hopefully help them and now they have some tests over the next couple weeks that you just hope that their momentum that they've built over the last couple weeks is not for nothing You know, so we shall see what they do, and hopefully they carry from there, you know, because they got a lot still left to prove with a lot of season, and this division is still open, wide open, even granted that it's essentially a two-man race now, it's still anybody's to win, you know, and especially when you look at, like, the Eagles, for example, have seem to find something with Jalen Hurts at least for for, for a week he looked really good against the New Orleans Saints who are supposed to be a Super Bowl contender and one of the top defenses and he looked really good against them now can he continue that over the last couple of weeks assuming that he stays the starter I don't know but I mean it seems like something with them is picking up obviously Dallas mathematically is still in it I don't know how much their hearts are still in it <laughs> but they're still in it mathematically so this division is not over by any stretch and then of course the Giants are hanging around on that top as well so this division is not wrapped up by any stretch so every win from here on out is crucial that's why you just wonder you hope that they can keep this momentum going you know but that'll be interesting to see how they handle that in the upcoming weeks you know with this stretch of schedule but yeah guess to go on to the next topic at hand the college football playoff is officially upon us you know it's basically decision time you know um this past weekend was an amazing slate of championship games and granted in the midst of a pandemic and all this craziness going on with that there are a lot of confusion. A lot of people do not like Ohio State in terms of they don't want to see them rewarded for only playing seven, six games over a team like a Texas A&M or a team like Florida, even though they lost last night. So they officially wrote themselves out or a team like Notre Dame. You know, there are some people who are just not feeling Ohio State and they've all been vocal about it. and And, and it's something that i've said previously that i agree with i mean if you've only played six games half a season and this is all about ratings so we already know especially now that they won the big 10 championship albeit in an ugly display that they're almost i feel like they're almost a lot to get in now especially because notre dame lost florida lost a m won but they didn't play in an sec championship so you just wonder i mean this this playoff this year is probably going to be more interesting than any of the other ones just because of everything with the pandemic. Like, I mean, how do you it just, it's a lot to, to, to go over and I just feel like obviously it's all fraudulent because of the circumstances, but it's crazy. I mean, it's it's really crazy. I mean, granted you're going to end up getting this, we already kind of see where this is going. Like, I just at the end of the day, I feel like it's gonna end up being my personal top four. I feel like Alabama is, is well, no, I feel like Clemson is number one. Alabama is number two, and number three and four really don't even matter. I feel like because at this at the ultimately, I feel like we're just gonna end up seeing Clemson and Bama again. But my three, if I had to pick a three, I feel like Ohio State will end up being three. And then maybe they s- s- squeeze A and M in there at number four. I can see something like that happening, you know, especially because Florida lost. They have three losses now, so it's like it'd be hard to put a three-loss team in the playoff. Period. Let alone them, you know, because that lost LSU, especially. Like, <laughs> there's no way Florida can get in there, you know. But you know, it'll be interesting to see how they go about handling that i just you know and then all the other bowl games like this i don't get here's my thing it's going to be a lot of opting out we've already seen it you know this has been people talk a lot about just how you know putting kids at risk during a pandemic obviously but their mental state is something that i feel like hasn't has been swept under the rug like these kids it's been they've been at this grind and obviously it's not been as fun this year because of the pandemic. So you've been playing without fans. Like this is just people have mentioned it. I think Scott Frost mentioned something like that. I feel like USC has brought it up and you know, being in California with the very strict guidelines they have out there that so strict to the fact that they moved the Rose Bowl to Dallas. So the even though it's the Rose Bowl, it'll be played at AT&T Stadium in Dallas instead of California because, you know, California's strict guidelines with coronavirus, you know, so all that to say that, bro, I mean, this has been a grind on everybody, but nobody more than these kids who are out here working in the midst of a pandemic without being paid for it, and, you know, yeah, so it's going to be a lot of bowl opt outs, I feel like, and, you know, you got... Like, whether it's Florida, whether it's ever. I mean, this bowl season this year seems almost pointless. Like, if it's not the playoff, it seems almost like it's no Like, it's just going to be such a piss-poor, productive production, I guess you call it. So, I mean, I could just see it coming. Like, there's going to be a lot of opt-outs of big player, big-name players and stuff. And then teams as a whole, like, it's some teams who, even though some of the ones who opted out probably weren't going to be in it anyway. But it's just that. But then you also heard for like the mid-major programs because even in the year of a pandemic when it seemed like they had more to gain this year they still kind of were getting fleeced. Like Coastal Carolina and Louisiana Lafayette were supposed to play a championship game and it ended up getting canceled. And those two teams are both in the top 25. I think Coastal Carolina is even in the top 15. So they had more to, to, to lose by not playing a game or playing a game and you know, than a La- Louisiana Lafayette, you know, so gee, this this has put a, taken a taking a toll on a lot of people just in general. But yeah, like that that's the, the one thing about this whole thing that needs more recognition is the amount of just mental wear and tear on these kids. Like this is ridiculous that they've been through this and I'm sure a lot of them obviously it's the holiday season. A lot of them wanna go home and be with their families and then you probably can't even do that because of Rona restrictions and things like that so yeah it's just I, I just really hope for a lot of people that things like that, like this uh, what, what's the end game here like, like, it's like what is the end game here you know it's just it's been a mess all year and I guess and they're tired and we're you know but I guess to keep the ball rolling, um NBA again kicking off, but the Wizard, they're not just the Wizards, there's a couple notes. I've noticed some things early in this NBA as this NBA season gets ready to kick off in the preseason, so the Brooklyn Nets are about to really catch some people's attention. Kevin Durant looked absolutely awesome. And granted, it's a preseason game. I get that all that whatever. But his first game back in the court in more than a year, he looked phenomenal. You know, and him and Kyrie looked pretty good together in their first game, their first game action together. They looked good. You know, Kyrie is a funny dude obviously. Like, you know, he was burning sage before they came in Boston. And I feel like a lot of people would argue that he is the negative energy that needed cleansing from the arena. Yet he's burning sage as if whatever. He's the one that they need to be burning sage against. But, you know, but on the court, you can say what you want about him off the court. On the court, this dude is a baller. And him and KD looked really good together. And because of just the build of the of the Eastern Conference we can't can we can't count the Nets out the Nets really could granted depending on who they meet depending on how things play out the Nets are really somebody that I think could turn some heads this year you know i i didn't think it would come together i mean and like i said it's Preseason, you know, the regular season is still, you still got to figure out how Kyrie and Katie will gel, especially when things start to go bad. Because there's going to be, there are always rough patches in a season where you lose a couple games or where somebody's on a cold streak. Things like that are going to happen. So we just got to see how they deal with that because these are two of the more mercurial players in the entire NBA. And so you wonder just how they're going to handle adversity and just. Everything that comes with, you know, they already don't like talking to the media. Kyrie's had his swats at them in recent weeks, you know, calling people pawns and stuff. So you you just wonder how they're going to deal with those rough patches that come with an NBA season. And but if they can weather those type of storms and get through those things, this next team is going to be a force to be reckoned with not just this year, but in the years to come, if they can stay together for a long time, <laughs> you know, now how much that'll make a difference in terms of championships, because the West is still very much loaded. You got the, the defending champion Lakers. You obviously, the Clippers, granted, they're the Clippers, but they still have t- two top 20, and in Kawhi's case, a top 10 superstar in the league, so you know, the, on the west side, whatever, but on in the east, the Nets are definitely a threat. They're definitely a threat. Like, you, you, you put them up there with the Bostons, you put them up there with Miami, who's probably going to be just as good as they were a year ago. You know, Giannis l- l- inked up his extension. You know, so from Milwaukee, and so, yeah. But I guess to that point, to, to, to segue into the next thing, Giannis Antetokounmpo, did what I did not believe he would do he signed his five-year supermax contract the richest NBA contract in the history of the sport over 228 million dollars I believe something like that that man cashed in something serious and I don't like it (laughs) I mean on one hand I don't like it on one hand I do so I'm torn in a sense because on one hand it's like yo We as NBA fans are very fickle. Like, people absolutely killed Kevin Durant and dragged his name through the mud because he decided to leave Oklahoma City and a team that everybody felt like was a piece away from being a title contender to join a 73 win team that already had two, maybe even three of the best players in the entire NBA. Two who are probably the greatest we will ever see of their generation. And one in Draymond, who's a top player at his position, obviously. You, you, and they—they they just coming off 73 win season. You join that team, it just—it was just—it seemed like a very horrible look, and a lot of people were trashing him for doing it, even though, in my opinion, it was the right decision. But I still didn't like it from an optic standpoint. Like, you know, obviously, it's like not fair. It's like building a team on a video game and just putting all the best players. Like that's what it felt like. People killed KD for doing that. People killed LeBron when he went to Miami and made his big three. You know, people hate super teams, you know, and they kill players for teaming up, right? But on the other hand, a lot of people were slandering Giannis for jolting that and deciding, hey, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to build. And people slandered him for that as well. So it's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But... I do kind of understand. I mean, it, it, it it's extremely difficult position that Giannis is putting himself in because, yeah, you get your money. But on one hand, as Milwaukee being a small market team, it's going to be extremely hard for him to recruit anybody to come there. You know, like, he better hope that they have a good GM and a good front office that can draft extremely well, which they've done so far. But I'm just saying you better hope that they keep doing it over the next five years because... It's Milwaukee. It's not like he's playing in Miami. It's not like he's playing in, in like Boston. You know, it is extremely hard to recruit people because LeBron said it when he was LeBron James, the best player in the, in the world, probably on the planet said out of his mouth that he had an extremely hard time recruiting people to come play with him when he was at Cleveland. If LeBron James cannot recruit people at Cleveland, I find it hard to believe that Giannis is going to find anybody to come play with him in Milwaukee, you know, unless, I mean, granted, they said James Harden added Milwaukee to his list of preferred destinations by trade, but I don't think that has any merit to it. Like it it is going to be extremely hard to get people that you don't either trade for or draft, you know, so that, that's where I feel like he's at a disadvantage. Otherwise get your money, man. I'm proud of you. One of my favorite players in the league, obviously, He's made it well known that he doesn't rock with this whole super team thing. And one of my favorite players in the league, one of the hardest working players in the league, a two time MVP, a defensive player of the year. Just he is an incredible player and his ceiling is only going to increase. But they just I just hope for his sake that that team builds around him and builds around him well and that he doesn't feel like he's stuck. And the relationship sours. And because you, you know how this goes. You know, we already have seen this book play out where you sign a Supermax thinking one thing. And then, like, maybe two, three years into it, you just figure out you're over your head. And then you demand a trade. And you become disgruntled. And it just ends really badly. Like, we, we've we seen this book play out. And you just hope, for Giannis' sake, that he thought about all this when he made this decision. And you know we're gonna see a couple years from now how that plays out you know but I guess that is how we can wrap this show up for the week you know it's um a big week in sports this past week was a big week in sports you know we obviously as the Christmas season comes a week from now you know it's holiday time so a lot of the really good thing games and stuff are starting to come up now so it's a big week obviously in college football you know we're gonna find out about the playoffs coming up and who's gonna be in it who's not some of these new year six games and stuff we're obviously gonna find out a lot about the nfl playoffs coming up here soon It's just all really coming together now. This is kind of getting into the home stretch for football and basketball is picking up collegiately and in the NBA. So a lot to look forward to over the next couple weeks. And we're going to be right here to talk to you about it. So this is Devin Ashby here, the Sports Fix with the Sports Pulse. And we'll see you next week.